Hey, Paul, by any chance do you have a drink handy? I, I do, yes, right here. Awesome, because this next game we're going to talk about isn't a classic game, but... are going to talk about uh, one of my favorite recent indie games, point-and-click adventure games especially, called The St. Christopher's School Lockdown by Lainey Berry and her very talented but very small team of designers and artists. Uh, you've played this one, right? I really have. I can prove it. Right. Okay. We don't need proof. I'm pretty sure <laughs> no one would say that they played this game if they haven't. <laughs> because and I'm not saying that in a bad way. It just it it is um to the best of my knowledge, I don't know what the sales have been like. To the best of my knowledge is sort of a a more a very niche game. I don't want to call it obscure because people who are into adventure games and indie games will know about this game. It's got it's known, but it's not known known to like people who play Fortnite or anything like that. But yeah, it's um. So what what were you, what are your opinions of it so far? You finished yes. it, right? Yes. Okay. We're here to explain it to to all the people who don't know it because a lot of people don't know. A large part of our audience is actually uh, fans of uh, Fallout and fuck. What's that game called <laughs> again? The Fortnite. That's it. Yes. yes. Uh, the fucking joke's gone. Whatever. All the pieces <laughs> are there. You can put it together yourselves. Um, <laughs> It's a, that jo that joke is an inventory puzzle that you have to assemble in the right order. <laughs> exactly. That's how dedicated we are over here. And, <laughs> Once I, you I, decipher I'm... it, you get points. <laughs> and then you may proceed with this podcast. The worst part is the whole thing got all fucked because I looked down and saw that I have a, I have a box of juice next to an old string cheese thing. And it's called <laughs> Juicy Juice. Other juices are available. Other juice. You know, let's talk about a game. Okay. Right? okay. Just a ju drinking juice. Over here. <laughs> juicy juice. <laughs> yes, juicy. Fuck all. It's giving me a little stroke trying to say that. All right. <laughs> okay. I love this game. It's really mm. cool. Uh, we both actually played it, so we want we want to tell you about it to the point where you'll feel guilty for not buying it and playing it yourself. Pretty much. I mean, we, we've actually mentioned it a few times on this uh, show in episodes, which maybe you shouldn't go back to listen to to find out about because we've we've come a little bit of a ways since those days but we've mentioned it a few times because we are big fans um i'm a big fan of the game and i think it's great i think classic gamers especially and people who want to support the indie scene i think there's a lot here to really enjoy i recommend it to anyone to give it a try if you are inclined to like adventure games if you don't like adventure games this is really the wrong game for you because this is very much a hundred percent a point and click adventure game yes with pointing and clicking absolutely that was a weak follow-up i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> there was to be fair there wasn't much to follow up on i don't know how you That's would true. follow that up um but what i mean is like you know it, it's a very pure it's a pretty pure point and click adventure game it's not like there's not gimmicks it's just sort of like hey you go through a scenario a story a very well told story and you use you talk to people and you use inventory items to solve puzzles there's mini games there's that uh and there some of them are actually really quite fun some of them are very just a little too simple but they're at the very beginning to sort of like get you acclimatized to the to what what the game is about once it picks up, it gets, number one, incredibly challenging. So if you think it's a little bit too easy at the beginning, I get that. But once it gets going, holy crap, does it get hard. And the mini games just actually get really quite awesome. There's one um, 
the little uh the little voodoo doll mini game especially mm. i really wish they had kind of done a little bit more of or even like if they released that as like a mobile game or any game it's super fun that's a great idea for them to supplement there mm-hmm. they, sh- they should totally release that as a mini game on mobile in the meantime between hopefully the, the this one and the sequel mm. Because I think I asked her about it. I asked, like, how many times do you actually get to play that game? Because uh, I only played it, like, three times. I think she said there's a possibility of four. So I actually missed one. But at the same time, I kind of like, uh, yeah, it would have been nice if there was just a little bit more. Because that was actually really fun. It was a really great game within the game. It was, yeah. That's something they did really well, uh, not just with that game, which I, I absolutely agree. Like, if that was a mobile or any sort of release, I'd write get it for sure as, like, DLC, anything. But um, they did really, really well with the the in-game puzzles, as you kind of rightly put. That's more traditional statement, but but as you properly put, uh, mini games are really fun. I really like this um this cool like voice recording gadget. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really cool because you basically take on a little, at least for the duration of the time that you have this in your inventory, you take on a bit of a um, Laura Bow sort of Colonel's Bequest role and and listen in on. Um, conversations that are being had throughout the campus and then this machine records keywords for you that you plug into uh, like a manifesto with with um, empty bits of script in there for these words to That's fit right. into. So it's a really cool puzzle and it also made, you know, took me back a little bit to the Laura Bow games of just kind of spying on people and you know gathering the words that way with, with a, obviously a completely new innovative way of doing that sort of PI work. It was well cool. Yeah. So when I say it's not gimmicky, I mean that in like the best way possible. Like it's just it's it's innovative. There are innovative puzzles. There are innovative segments. There are definitely really cool, fun sections of the game that do things a little bit new and different. It's just appropriate for that particular segment, and it's great and it's done and it's awesome. So when I say gimmicky, I, I don't want to make it sound like oh, it does nothing new. It does nothing exciting. It's actually really cool that this is sort of like it's of a straight point and click adventure and it has these sections where you just kind of do these cool things and it's great that way yes absolutely you know uh, in other words gimmicky is is not equal to uh innovative at yeah, all you know no absolutely. correlation because it's very it's well innovative in, in a lot of areas and, and i agree i mean i mean i i think of gimmicky games obviously in the negative where they just go for like a cheap laugh or or uh, you know a predictable twist ending or, or just you know certain ways to pull off cheap cheap gags or, or make mm-hmm. a buck sort of feel to it and this one like you said it was just a proper proper point and click game i mean it, you know something that takes time to go through in which you're eager to keep going it, it has that kind of uh n- very immersive like netflix bin show sort of feel to it mm-hmm. like at the end of you know every time i finished something there was another kind of carrot to be like don't don't go to bed yet let's do another chapter <laughs> another chapter sort of feel so it's it's really cool that way while being a proper point and click game which is mm-hmm. kind of no funny stuff we're not going to try and come up with the greatest new thing and then show you why no one's done it before because it's terrible mm-hmm. it's just a straightforward sort of thing but what's really innovative that are the you know the mini games being kind of puzzles <clears throat> um some of them did have a not not even the the uh um the voodoo one the voodoo pin game but but some of the other games had a, a mobile game sort of feel to it like like uh they were taken from a mobile, whereas mm-hmm. we think Voodoo Pin should go on a mobile. That's what I'm kind of saying the opposite, um, <laughs> and, and and in a good way, where they were they were just kind of cool. They just seemed more fitting of the times. Like you know, when we think of little puzzles, we might think more of like what's on our phones for puzzles than like you know mm-hmm. a cardboard one. Um, <laughs> so I thought, I thought that was pretty cool, pretty cool way of doing that. 
um, a lot of like twists and turns, you know, just, just enough to keep it interesting. And I, I, I think what really won this game over for me was, was, well, first of all, the, the comic book sort of style art was probably the highlight. I was, um, I was going to get to that one because I was going to say one of the things that I find really gimmicky about a lot of, um, point and click adventures, not, not all of them. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there's a lot of games that basically if I've mentioned these games or if I said that I've played them or liked them, it does not apply to these particular ones. But I've seen a lot of games where the gimmick is that they try to go back to like the old style graphics and they're like, oh, look how EGA this looks or look how AGI this looks. Or, look how 8-bit this looks. And you know, nothing wrong with games that do kind of do have the um, revivalism of the SCI, AGI eras when it's done well, when it's done right. But this one is a sort of like, hey, well, th those games are great, but let's do something modern as well. Let's do something new and fresh. And they went with the graphic novel style of art, which is amazing. And yeah, I I definitely think it is absolutely one of the the one of the highlights of the game for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, it really is. I mean, the the character art is is just unbelievable ridiculously professional and gorgeous and it's just amazing and then the the, the background like the, the the idea like I, i'd almost well, this would be a game i'd love to see the sketches for like like mm -hmm. you know pre-colored because how they got to where they are is really cool like if you go to their um to their web page the the background image is just so cool it's like um and by the way it's uh if you do want to check that out it's, it's uh classroom uh dash graffiti.com um, but in the background is like this this mansion that's like pretty much black with like a little bit of purple highlights and then really like contrasting purple and then again little contrasting highlights of like this lime yellow and it's just mm -hmm. really cool like it, it makes it kind of feel like electric and brought to life and not really cyberpunk but still like neon through the rain sort of feel and yes it's just really cool and that makes it really immersive and but what I was going to say for my second favorite thing um, also, the soundtrack's well up there. It's really cool. Um, and it kind of evolves with the game. I noticed it gets kind of grungier and, and as it goes on, a little grittier. But um, what I really like, too, is that how Kaylee, who's the protagonist in the game, the main character, obviously, um, how she kind of has, like, her own side story. Um, yeah. So I think that's what made this go from, like, a good game to a great game. Because, like, the, the lockdown is really plenty for an entire game. You could, you could set up an entire game with the, the, the story being... You know, we're part of a protest for a school that's locking down and we have to kind of figure out, you know, how and why or whatever. But then they add the protagonist has like sort of personal motives and like this kind of mysterious backstory that slowly unravels throughout the game. That makes it really like layered, you know, and like yeah. aids and keeping a nice pacing and everything throughout. Because, you know, if you get a little stuck in the high school, you know, you might do a flashback scene to, to a benefit or whatever. Well, it's kind of interesting the narrative approach that it takes because it's sort of it obscures this thing from you. Which you do kind of, the Kaylee knows who she is and where she's come from, but you don't. Right. And they didn't, and a lot of the game is playing through these flashbacks because it's great to take a little bit of a, you know, as, as much as I love the school setting and all the environments in there, it's nice every now and then to take a break and go elsewhere for a change, a change of scenery. And through these, um, through these little flashback segments, you get to learn more about Kaylee's backstory and her as a character and what she's, how she got to this point and it's never done they resisted they really resisted the temptation to go the usual um this uh sorry what's it called uh, amnesia route you know they, right. they really resisted the cliche of going the amnesia route where it's just like oh well i don't know where i am so i gotta figure it out it's like no well you yourself you the player are going to figure it out but you know 
she she knows what she's doing. That's right. That's a really cool point with take on that too. How they, they just sideswipe the whole amnesia thing just by drawing a line between you and the character you are. Where you, you know, kind of curious what she knows. And yeah, again, I think that all that keeps up with like really good pacing for the game. Like you said, you know, they probably look at it and say like, all right, you know, by this point in the game, you've wandered the, the same school, you know, X amount of times. And don't get me wrong, it's, it's a really large game. There's lots to see and do, which is lovely. But keep in mind, it is an 18, 20 hour sort of game. So, you know, no matter how many rooms are in, in, a, in, a, in a school, you know, there's going to be a point where you might get a little cabin struck or whatever. So th they thought, OK, well, let's let's develop her backstory. Let's kick it into, you know, high gear and, and really start to unravel this. And then you have like your cool little cutaways in a totally different environment where you get to learn about the characters you play through the game, which that's really cool too. Cause I, I, you know, when that scene first pops up the first time at your, your Kaylee and you get to go back to your past and, and play through it, I thought it was going to be a cut scene and I was almost immediately a little disappointed. And then when the narrative stops, it lets you take over. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. So in explaining it to her uncle, I think it is, you get to actually play through it to discover it yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Good for immersion. One of the, um, I'd, I'd say what probably the highlight for me in this game is uh, uh, d definitely builds from the foundation of the art style because obviously, you know, as they say, the first taste is with the eyes. So a lot of people who will end up playing this game quite, I imagine quite often will see the beautiful art and just be drawn into that. And for good reason, because it's amazing. And that's a, definitely a good reason to go into it. And it's definitely a high point of the game, but um for me, a lot of it was just the atmosphere that was built throughout the game, because which was obviously supplemented by the art style, but just the location, the setting, the uh, the school itself. It's you know when you when you deal with a game like this, especially most adventure games where you are going to be stuck in a place for a while and you're going to have to do a lot of backtracking. You do have to go through and try to find the thing that you're looking for and then find what you need to use it on. So there's going to be obviously a lot of uh, retreading and revisiting and going through all these places. They actually kind of address that by giving sort of a quick travel option where you could just like point to where you want to go. If you know exactly where you need to go, you don't always have to walk through every single screen to get there. But at the same time, when you are trying to look for where you need to go, you're probably going to have to revisit these screens over and over again. And it's kind of like, I don't feel it as bad. Like I don't feel like, oh, this area again. It's just like, everything just looks so nice. It's always nice to go back to these places. It's always nice to appreciate the location that you're in. I was thinking too, how there's, there's so many students at the school and for for the not not very long, but for just a little bit of the opening part, that they're, they're where you expect them to be, which is mm -hmm. helpful because you need to kind of take a mental inventory of who you've talked to and not yet, so you can get all the character development out of the way, sort of thing. But then as the game goes on rather quickly from the begin or middle beginning onwards, the the uh, students start changing where they're hanging out in the school. Sometimes mm -hmm. for a reason, sometimes not, which is also good, I think. You know, so it's mystery leaves a you know taste of mystery but it's, it's just you know kind of keeps the environment like living and breathing yeah uh another, another amazing thing that sort of really sets the the both the tone and the atmosphere at the same time is uh and we've actually had a conversation about this not about this game but in a different game which we'll save for later but uh the flavor text in the game is just phenomenal because it's always done sort of like through your perspective and the flavor text really gives a sense of the character of Kaylee, 
everything is described as she describes things in her head. Almost all of them are hilarious. I just, it's been so long that I don't remember very many specific examples. But I think there's one where, like, uh, you look at this one character who's like a total hipster. And if you look at them, I think the the flavor text is basically something along the lines of this person looks like they fell out of a tree and hit every independent record shop on the way down. And it's just that, that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of attention to uh, the character, because it tells you so much about the character without outwardly telling you what the character is like. It's just sort of like you, you get that sense of her world, her view of the world and her um, her attitude and her just the way she uh, it just tells everything you need to know with just like the way she sees the locations and the people and the objects around her. Yes, yes, exactly. Now you, yeah, you're right. You quickly pick up on that little bit of cynicism and humor that she carries throughout the game, and that reminds me too of the the um, the mood exercise uh, little sort of mini game that that you do. Quite mm-hmm. quite frequently, I believe. Um, yes. Regarding the koi fish, and you keep him in the center of the stream, uh, which is you know symbolic for for keeping your mood balanced and and as best as it can be. And by doing so, you have to eat lily pads that say something that Kaylee would like. Um, and I think that's really cool too, because as you you know, like the first time you play it, you, you probably shit, and it'll probably tell you your mood has decreased significantly since playing. Um, which would be like the opposite of what mm. you want. And then as you play the game more, I, I noticed I just naturally was getting better and better at it because I was learning who she was more and more. And therefore, you know what choices she'd make. Because some of them are well obscure, you know, like to, to get in a good mood, would you like to sit and knit, for example? And like with mm. someone like Kaylee, probably not. <laughs> um, so that, that was a cool way to connect you to the character. Yeah, absolutely. And I think th- that's one thing which I sort of, I, I can't speak too fully on because I think it was interesting to have a character who was basically... Um, I don't know if this is like the official diagnosis of her, but she's sort of bipolar. So that's sort of like keeping yourself uh, in balance so you don't get too manic or too depressive uh, at any one time. Right. I'm not going to go into the argument about, you know, psychological diagnoses in, in that regard. But I think... Um, <laughs> that's for the Patreons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably not, but we'll, I know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> But I think the the thing about that game is just sort of like I never really failed at it. So I don't know what the consequences were. I don't know what happens if you get to one way or the other. I think it was just sort of like, oh, or I think the times that I did kind of fail, I just reloaded right away and just like did well. So I don't really know exactly. It's an interesting mechanic just to sort of like, oh, you know, here's the thing that, you know, you got to stop and do every once in a while to keep yourself balanced. But I also personally was sort of like uh, never experienced what happened if I just let it go and didn't give a shit about it. Yeah, that's interesting. It's definitely against instinct for sure. It's like because it's not hard to to really pass or fail sort of game. Like mm-hmm. you just click through it, and whatever. You'd almost have to try to make sure it was bad every time, and then see what happens if it even does. Because if if it does, that's obviously a bonus, and that could be thought about like how you could implement that, like take it in another step in the next game. But if it doesn't, it's still great for character development. So it's a win-win, but it would be kind of cool if it played into the game or the outcome of it. Of yeah. It. So, so I wonder, because I, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, would would it have been very different? Are there, are there different things that happen uh, if I just let her just sink to depression or if I let her get overly anxious? Like, I don't know. But, you know, I just thought it was interesting to have that as sort of like uh, in the game design of like, you got to keep your character pretty um pretty in the middle 
Right. Yeah, exactly. No, that's so true. I didn't even, I wouldn't have probably thought of it if you didn't mention it, but then while I was playing it, like what would happen if you purposely let it go every time? Tanked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's definitely going to be my next playthrough. Like, I, I definitely want to revisit it again. Um, it, it is a bit of a longer game. I think, uh, uh, there was a point where it got so hard. I did have to use a walkthrough. Uh, so, and even then it would still ended up being pretty long. I think it took me like 24 hours of game time to get through it. So that's for, for an adventure game. That's pretty long. And for, for perspective, I think I played space quest one recently and I got through it in like 40 minutes. Cause I knew exactly what to do. I don't right. think you could do that. I think I even asked lady once, uh, how much time can I expect to really put into this? And she said it was in eight an eight hour game. So I clearly suck at it. <laughs> because it's going to be like 24 but at yeah, the same time say- i think uh i think there's certain things that you know I'll, I'll know what to do so i can get through things a lot faster but i think there's definitely going to be some parts where i don't really remember because i was basically walkthroughing past it so it'll be kind of cool to see so can i figure now that i know what the end goal is can i figure it out on my own now that i've kind of basically forgotten what the solutions are right yeah no i i completely agree because I, I was somewhere somewhere i don't remember somewhere between 22 and 26 hours on it pro- probably closer to to the end bit of that the higher number but um or lower number i guess higher whatever uh, it's <laughs> higher because you add more but all right anyway ah god that's really messing me up i'm gonna <laughs> have a good think on that later so anyway <laughs> sorry i can't recover this <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going at all anymore. <laughs> so I played it like 22 to 26 hours, something like that. And um, I, I couldn't imagine getting through it in eight hours. Like that would have to be someone that just mm-hmm. really knows the game well or has maybe played it. I mean, that almost sounds like a speed run to me. But I, I, know, I think... you have to know. You have to know exactly where to go. Like you can't really spend much time like waffling around trying to figure out what to do. Right, exactly. Like I, I could see a developer getting through in that time because they know where everything's at, and mm-hmm. that's probably it. Anything that would be, God, I would think I'm a really slow reader, so that's why I'm. I'll, I'll give the benefit oh, there's down that to too. maybe 15, 18 hours if I read faster. But I'm really slow reader, proper slow. Plus, not that smart and good at puzzles and all that. Um, but yeah, no, and I think it's a good thing that it's a long game. I mean, adventure games, you know, it's it's content. I, I, it's one of those subjects I feel like people kind of complain either way. Like yeah, yeah. If if it's tw- if it's fifteen, I think this game's uh, ten ten pounds. So I don't know, let's go with fifteen dollars. If it's like a fifteen dollar game, then you know, and it and it's really long. You could get some asshole being like, and I'm sorry, there's probably people out there that have done this. Um, I may have too. I'm they, sure. they deserve to be called assholes. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> to to be like, you know, you know, it, the game's way too long. It just goes on and on, and then they'll buy another game for fifteen dollars. That's like you know an hour and a half, and be like, oh, this is way too short. I didn't get my money's worth. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like, which which do you want? You want to get your money's worth and have a nice long game, or you just want to get mad when it's not long enough or too long? So anyway, you know, people bitch about anything, including myself. Um, so I basically say it's too cold out until the day it's slightly warm, and then I say <laughs> it's too warm out. That's how I go around doing my errands bitching to people at the counters about the temperature no matter what it is but um anyway so i think it's a good thing that's a long game but it, it is a long game you get your money's mm-hmm. worth um also going back a little bit to the atmosphere as well as a sort of there's um uh i once when i was in high school i sort of took part in this one um it's called the 30 hour famine where you go 30 hours without eating food part of that is that you go do a sleepover in the gym where everyone hangs out socializes blah blah, blah bring uh bring a sleeping bag and you basically camp out overnight as you all starve together. 
And, you know, I it just I don't know how to really put my finger on what exactly made it work or what might not have made it work. There was something that uh, about the atmosphere of this game that perfectly captured that experience for me. Like, this is sort of, it's subtle, but it feels like you kind of had to have gone through a protest in a school to make a game about a protest in a school quite so authentically, authentic <laughs> feeling. Yeah. You know, it, it makes me wonder if that's something that maybe Laney did at one point or another, or maybe any of the developers did or something like that. Cause it's sort of like, man, this is exactly what it felt like. And it wasn't even like a big high political protest. It's more just sort of like we're fundraising because people are starving in the world. And it was like a fun thing. Whereas this is sort of a little bit more dramatic. Uh, but it just, it really captured that feeling of being like holed up in the school and just kind of like, yeah, we're, we're here for a protest. It just completely caught that. And I think, um, uh, I think it also, blended that with the feeling of Dagger of Amun-Ra, where it kind of had that feel of like, okay, you're in this spot, in this one location, you're kind of trapped and you kind of got to get through this sort of mystery. There was definitely a good mix between those two experiences, having played Dagger of Amun-Ra and having gone through an actual literal <laughs> school, uh, not really quite a lockdown, but you know, a school protest, overnight protest. You know, you're absolutely right. I, I think they, they were so smart in the way they developed this game because it's like, you're right, it feels very human and, and they didn't make it, they didn't make the protest larger than life. So that makes you feel like it had to have happened to one of them even more because it's just such a realistic mm -hmm. take on what it might, what it might have been. And, and I, I like their approach, like instead of taking, let's say that had happened to them, a protest and they want to make a, a story, a game on it. You know, I would probably be tempted to make the the protest more grandiose. You know, like it yeah. was this larger than life sort of thing that it wasn't, and that would probably lose a lot of feel. Whereas they they decided to give her an interesting, you know, sort of unrelated side story that becomes interwoven and stuff like that. It was so brilliant. Mm -hmm. But you no, know, you're right. I mean, there is this this feeling that, like the the relentless rain outside. You know, you go outside a few points in the game whenever you like, really, and it's just like relentless rain all the time, and it's it just really casts a mood on the game. It's really cool. And that, that comic book sort of background works because it's not flat and 2D. I mean, it is. Don't get me wrong. It's technically 2D, I would imagine. But um, but it, it's it's kind of breathing. Like, it sort of feels alive sometimes. I'm, I'm not sure if that's just through some little effects with the lighting here and there. But but the, the walls don't feel stagnant in that game, which is cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you ultimately put it, um, nailed it a lot better than I did with far fewer words just by saying it feels like a very living breathing world it feels very lived in it feels like this is a place that things have actually happened like it doesn't feel like it was constructed for a game it's just sort of like it does really feel like you've just got put into a situation that's been going on right yeah exactly and then you have to do your own exploring as opposed to knowing that you know the characters backgrounds you previously thought which yeah all these are really good tools for emotion for i think it's uh good Good, like a uh, game developer 101 would be looking at this game. I would say, you know, for anyone that wanted to start and make a point and click adventure game, like this is how to, you know, if you want to stay true to the genre without trying tricks or whatever, make a, make a really good game. Mm -hmm. It's a good one to showcase. One thing I thought was interesting, I want to get your thoughts, was the, um, the, the voiceover work. Um, mm -hmm. And what I mean in this case is that the voiceovers only come in at certain parts of the game. Um, but really crucial parts. Uh, nah, I wouldn't say that, but, but, uh, you know, there's it, it usually, came a, yeah, it came and went exactly. That's, that's much, much easier laid back way of looking at it. Um, and I thought it was really cool. Like uh, personally, because I can't help, but think of the indie developers in this case where, where voiceover work is, is I think by, 
I don't want to say by far because I really don't know, but I know it's well expensive. So it's mm -hmm. you know, one, of, one of the higher price things that you have to pay for would be voiceover work and then getting it all to work in your game. I mean, I, I know for indie devs, voices can take at least a year. I, I think uh, the guys from Andromeda with Space Venture, they've been going about voiceover work for at least eight or ten months now. They've been putting up updates and you can just tell how long it takes. And then it makes the game like four times as large. Usually it's one of the, you know, larger medias on the, on the disc or whatever or download um but anyway so all that being said and taking it into understanding of like uh, you know from a game dev's point of view as to why there might have been limited voiceover work and i'm not even sure that's the reason whether it was financial or not but i thought it was really cool they made it work for them whether it was a, a choice or something they you know could only afford to do just a little bit here and there but i thought they made it work for them in the sense that um once once I heard a character talk a couple of times, it became my inner voice for them. Yeah. So it was kind of, you know, really like fleshed out, you know, their vision of the character, which in this sense, I think is helpful because like you said, it's a character who knows what she's about, but you don't yet. So that leaves even more room for her to have her own, you know, voice as opposed to one you make up or whatever. But I just thought that was cool, you know, and, and then it goes away and the next five times you talk to another character, they, they might not, it might not be voice, but you already kind of have their voice in your head. So I yeah. thought that was cool. Um, I, what I'm going to say, I mean, in a 100% positive way, uh, even if it might not sound like it in words, but a hundred percent positive, uh, I was so engrossed in the game. I did not even notice when the voices were there or weren't. Yeah, there you go. That's probably the highest compliment really. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I know that they were there because, you know, sometimes they were there. Uh, and I think that's probably one of the best approaches to voiceover in a game anyways, is I think to sort of like have them in at key moments, but otherwise don't. Like, I, I don't think that the inconsistency is a bad thing, um, especially in a case like this, where, like I said, I, I mean this 100% positively, sincerely, that I didn't even notice the voices, whether they were there or not. And that that that's several levels to why that is such a great thing is number one i'm so en engrossed in it i don't notice when i'm not paying attention to oh are the voices there or are the voices not there i'm just so into it number one number two when it comes to voice acting you only really notice voice acting when it's either really good or really bad yeah and otherwise voice acting is just kind of there and if it's done well it's just kind of there and you don't really notice it too much. Or maybe it's kind of uh, because it's neutral is a good thing. If you don't notice it, that means they're doing their job well. Uh, there are times when it's done really well, like something like Quest for Glory 4, when it's done really well and you notice it and it's just like, wow, that was really good. Or there are times when it's really bad, like saying like uh, Chaos Wars. I don't know if you've ever looked up Chaos Wars on YouTube. Go check it out. It's pretty <laughs> fantastically horrible. Uh, so you only really notice if it's really good or really bad. And I think that's, uh, I mean this as like a high sincere compliment that I didn't notice the voices for the most part. I know that I know that there were there. There were times where I just sort of made like a mental note. Hey, this has voice acting. That's pretty cool. But beyond that, it was just, it was seamless between coming and going. Yeah, no, it absolutely was. Like once they once they gave me the character's voice in my head, I just carried it from there. So, like you said, it comes to a point where you've probably stopped noticing whether it's there or not, which I'm sure I did after you know, yeah, all, all the hours going through it. But I thought it was really cool, and it, it seemed like kind of a bold uh, decision to make on their part. Like you know, 
because I guess the counter argument would be, should you even bother at all? You know, like the, the typical all or nothing approach. Yeah. And, and they, they decided to go down the middle with it. And I just, I thought that was another innovation that, that I would, I would kind of like to see more, um, like maybe encourage developers to, to see how this worked and be like, yeah, we can do that. And it does serve a really cool purpose. Um, but yeah, and just to further on your point, I think when it comes to, to voiceover work, I would almost make a small correction or adjustment to what you said and say you either notice if it's really, really good or just slightly bad. <laughs> That's that you know that could happen. I I think it's yeah. I don't think it necessarily has to be like bottom of the barrel for you to notice it being bad. I think as long as it's yeah. sort of like on the negative side. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're. You are more accurate. It's, it's, yeah, it starts to steal the steal. Well, that's the sound bit right there. <laughs> you're more accurate. Um, <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't get many of those. Um, <laughs> I heard them so dearly. What's, what's our time marker? I want to hear this back. I put it in my ringtone when you text me. Um, <laughs> really stretch that out. God, it was worth it. All right. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, yeah. It seems like it just takes that one little. Even if like one person in the cast is bad, like I just start to hyper because I'm a dick by nature. So I'd like latch on to the negative aspects, of course, like uh, you know, Facebook's algorithm or whatever. Oh no, is this going to affect our posting? Um, <laughs> well, actually, uh, and you know, I, I think another thing too, I think it really speaks well to the casting because, you know, part of not noticing the voices is the fact that they were very suited to their characters. I think one of the things that are drawing, like, even if it's a good performance, if a voice isn't what I am picturing in my head when the person's talking, I notice that. Right. right? If there's that, uh, if there's that dissonance, cognitive dissonance, I don't know, some sort of a dissonance, whatever. It's a word I'm not even fully aware of the grasp of. Um, <laughs> there's if there's a disconnect, I guess. Will you go with disconnect? If there's a disconnect between the character that I see on the screen and the way I hear it in my head and the voice that they're giving me, I'm going to notice that because I'm going to think like, oh, that's not the voice I would have given them. Even if it's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just sort of like, oh, that's not the voice I would have given them. I noticed that. The, the fact that I don't notice the voices at all. I think it just really goes to show how well cast and well performed that they are. That is sort of like, I didn't even notice. Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's a testament also to, not only to, to like a solid, consistent voice acting crew, but also that the writing is so actually interesting, literally that mm-hmm. you don't even know your mind is focused and, and, you know, focused on the writing instead of noticing a drop off in the voices. Yeah, it's yeah. just cool. And, and, and natural too, because there is that sort of, there's that balance, that very, very delicate balance that writers have to go through all the time where it's sort of like the difference between being natural, you know, it has to feel natural, but even the most natural feeling is not how a natural conversation takes place in real life. So you got to make it feel natural, but at the same time, be very interesting. And I think this mm. one did that really well. I don't think, I have no complaints about the dialogue at all. I don't think there's ever any time where I sort of thought like, oh, well, that was stupid or that was corny or that was not really quite authentic or genuine. It was a sort of, it was really the whole, let me just actually just sum it up like this. The whole experience was seamless. Yes. Yeah, it was. Brought a tear to my eye the way you said that. It's beautiful. <laughs> well, I hope Lainey hears me say that, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get her on the show so we can ask her some of these questions because I have a lot more questions and I can actually talk about this. Yeah, no pressure, Laney. Come on, mate. You're being selfish. Get on the show. <laughs> so I guess uh, we're at the point where it's sort of final thoughts. I have no original thoughts of my own. Why I didn't you say tell original. Say? I said final. <laughs> this is a good game. You should like, share, and subscribe it.
and tell your friends. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's very much a niche audience. If you're not an adventure fan, this is probably not going to be the game that turns you around on it because it's very much a game for adventure gamers, uh, for, you know, especially the classically, in, uh, you know, it's very classic inspired. You can really tell because there's a lot of Easter eggs that reference a lot of like the old LucasArts games and such, uh, possibly some Sierra ones too. I remember the LucasArts references really standing out quite a bit. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of those little details and touches. There's a lot of Easter eggs in this that you can come across. Yeah, so it's definitely made by somebody who grew up loving those games. It's designed for people who love those games to play. It is definitely in the tradition, in a very long-standing tradition of point-and-click adventures. If you don't like point-and-click adventures, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like you're going to necessarily like this one. You're probably not the audience. If, you know, if you're not a point-and-click adventure fan, this is very much a point-and-click adventure game, like just through and through. And if you are, I think this is definitely one that you cannot possibly uh, look past. I like the way I said it better. <laughs> probably. I don't even remember how you said it, so I don't... <laughs> it was very unforgettable. Yours, yours is much better in reality. <laughs> I, I, I think it might have woken up the rebellious spirit of some people that don't play adventure games because you just told them how they couldn't so many times. They're like, you know what, mate, fuck you. I'm going to play it. You'll see. <laughs> so that's good. Good for sales. You're welcome, Laney. <laughs> <laughs> 